Hey everybody, Matt Hartman here, coming from the mobile studio. I apologize for the sound. Bringing you another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Your home of the plethora of programming. And uh, we got to talk Martinsville. We got some uh, other news going on right now in the world of racing. Uh, so much going on. Um, briefly got to touch on Martinsville. We had three races at Martinsville this past weekend um, that saw William Byron win both the Truck Series race for Spire Motorsports uh, in the number seven Hendrick Cars Chevrolet Silverado and then win the Cup Series race on Sunday, and in between was sandwiched with probably the most exciting race of the weekend, and that saw Brandon Jones of, uh, excuse me there, had to take a drag there, um, Brandon Jones of Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, win out a, a surprising win after after a wild finish that saw half the field wreck late in the race, and a fight on pit lane between last week's Dash for Cash winner Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs um, due to contact on the track, um, Mayer and Gibbs would uh, exchange shoves and fists at the end. Um, no penalties for the fight, but Ty Gibbs uh, was fined $15,000 for running into the back of Mayer's car on Pitt Road. Uh, a very, very uh, lean penalty for what it could have been um, in this, in, in the racing community has really spoken out against uh, Ty Gibbs with that, the internet racing community. Uh, because it, this this kind of shows the um, the immaturity of Ty Gibbs. Yes, he is a really talented driver um, in the best equipment that his, that his grandfather um, puts him in. One and only Joe Gibbs, the coach, <laughs> but um, he, he definitely lacks the maturity after having run-ins on the track the last couple of weeks uh, with the likes of Ryan Sieg and uh, even his own teammate John Hunter Nemechek uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, this is becoming an all-too-common thing in the Xfinity series, and um, unfortunately, it's leaving a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when it comes to Ty Gibbs. Um, mine included, as I've said before. Um, Talent-wise, I believe he has all the makings of the next big NASCAR star, but not quite on that maturity level yet. So, um, that was the only complaint about Martinsville um, coming out of the weekend. Uh, the complaint on the racing at Martinsville itself 
at least on the cup side with this brand new car, uh, was very lackluster for a Martinsville event. Um, we had two passes for the lead. Well, two leaders, realistically, and um, one real pass for the lead, and that happened during pit stops as William Byron was able to have a faster pit stop than teammate Chase Elliott, who started from the pole. Um, my thoughts on this were the last two weeks we've had short track races, and short track races I thought would be uh, great with this new car. I mean, we did see a lot of bumping and banging and, um, and some passing during the during the clash at the Coliseum, the quarter of a mile track built there in Los Angeles um, at the old at the uh, LA Coliseum, we did see a lot of that. But what we've saw, what we've seen at Richmond and uh, Martinsville has been counterproductive um, in terms of excitement with this new car and everything else. It, it, both races, I'll be honest, have been sleepers. If if you didn't see the Martinsville race nor the um, nor the Richmond race, you really weren't missing a lot. And for me, uh, personally speaking, um, I love short track races. I love when you know NASCAR, whether it's the trucks, the Xfinity, or the Cup guys, go to places like Martinsville or Richmond or Bristol um, because there is a lot of excitement. It's not so much like the beating and banging and the crashing and all. Uh, there just is excitement. There's always something happening instead of follow the leader. Um, granted, we did have some passing and whatnot at Phoenix. Phoenix is just a mile track. Uh, so it's a little bit bigger than a... It's not like a true short track and it's not a true speedway track either. It's kind of in this weird in-between. Um, and they hit it out of the park. The mile and a half and two mile races have hit it out of the park. Um, so as far as the short tracks, maybe there needs to be something done. Maybe a, a different tire compound from Goodyear. Maybe a different... Um, <coughs> maybe a, just a different setup. Um, but I, I did hear a lot of complaints about Bristol. Not Bristol, uh, Martinsville. Bristol is next week. That's the dirt race, and I'll get to that in a second. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see if, they're, if NASCAR or Goodyear do make changes um, for Martinsville coming in the fall and Richmond coming later in the season. And Bristol which is the next track, is the dirt race. So, um, obviously what they do at this race will be way different from what we see in the night race. Now, last year, if you remember, the night race was pretty exciting for a lot of different reasons. Uh, for Kyle Larson winning, um, you know, obviously the beating and banging, and everything else between uh, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. You know, that was, that was something. Uh, this bristle's going to be a different animal. Um, I think with this new car, and it's a new tire compound going into this race, this is going to be more of a true sh 
a true dirt track tire than what um, Goodyear's rolled out last year. Uh, so I think that this is going to be very interesting um, in terms of that. Uh, but speaking of short tracks, we're gonna get we're gonna change gears real quick. We're gonna talk about the um, the SRX series um, as it was announced that they were racing at Five Flags Speedway earlier this year, and we now know who the ringer is for. Uh, Five Flags Speedway. It is none other than Bubba Pollard. Um, Bubba Pollard, who um, was the best finishing driver that was eligible um, to lock themselves into the SRX series, um, puts himself in place for that. Uh, Pollard currently is, I believe, second or third in the stand in the vote for. Um, who should be the ringer driver at Nashville Fairgrounds. Um, current vote-getter is um, the only feature winner in, uh, the only female feature winner, let me correct myself, the only feature, feature winner at Nashville Fairgrounds, Brittany Zamora, uh, who currently runs in the uh, Arkham Menard series. Uh, so I think this is going to be a big boost in the arm um, for whoever gets that, whether it be Zamora. Um, I don't think, I think Pollard is still eligible in the fan vote, but I don't imagine him running two of the races. Um, Steven Nassi is in there. Um, I believe he's fourth, and and it would be very interesting to see a Steven Nassi, see him uh, mix it up with um, with the likes of Tony Stewart and Paul Tracy, uh, because he is I don't want to say cut from the same cloth, um, but you know he is a throwback driver. He is a a no f's given driver. Um, very hard-headed, very hard racing driver, and will fight you for any position. Um, and if you have a problem with fighting for the position, he, he's the kind of guy who will fight you all uh, at the track, too. <laughs> uh, so, it, it'll be very interesting. Um, like I said, we have that. Um, it, I think it's going to be... It, it's shaping up to be a, a much better series, and there's still... <clears throat> some ringers that have not been announced yet, some surprises, um, I believe they're still running the All-Star car, uh, which last year was run part of the season by Greg Biffle and part of the season by a multitude of other drivers, now with Biffle going full-time in the SRX series, I think this is going to be a, a much better season, um, but, uh, Want to change? Want to want to switch to one SRX driver, a NASCAR Truck Series driver, and that is. And this this story is crazy. Um, it is a. Um, and it took this happened a week before Martinsville, so this would have happened Richmond weekend. Initially, Haley Deegan, uh, who drives the one truck for um, David Gilden Motorsports. Uh, was scheduled, and I honestly forget the race and where it was. It was she was scheduled for a late model race, 
um, but had to cancel. The reason why she had to cancel is um, she got a letter at the David Gillen Racing uh, Shop um, basically threatening her boyfriend's life. Her boyfriend is um, Arkham Menard's East Series driver Chase Cabaret, um, threatening his life um, because of this delusional fan uh, was catfished, believing that he was in a relationship with Deegan, um, only to find out that he was catfished and kind of took his anger out, um, you know, directed it towards Cabaret. Um, I know that this is, it's an ongoing investigation. I don't think they've caught the person yet. Or maybe they have, I missed that part, but I do know that there is a really uh, serious video that um, that both Chase and Haley posted to her YouTube channel um, about the situation, telling the whole story, uh, what's going on. I do know that there was extra security for her and Chase at Martinsville, as they said it would not stop their everyday life. Now she had to cancel because this they had just got this letter when uh, she was scheduled for this late model race. And it, 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 it's, it, it's a really weird delusional story. Um, so hopefully everything, you know, everything goes back to normal soon for her and Chase. And, uh, you know, hopefully she'll, you know, not just that that'll get back on track and maybe her season will get back on track um, as the learning curve that she is facing in the truck series the past season plus now has been a, a, a little bit of a harder learning curve and certainly going through its growing pains than she did in like the West series and whatever um, that she that she had where she's a two-time the, the, she was the first female winner in the, what is now the Arkham Menards West series, and it's now, it's winningest, as only her and Gracie Trotter are the only two females to win in the Western division of that series. Uh, so, we have all that. We have the news that, um, they are... Drivers are starting to roll out their Darlington paint schemes. Right now we've got um, four teams, um, five teams that have actually debuted their paint schemes. Uh, six teams, now seven. Oh, hold on, I'm, I'm just gonna keep counting here. Um, but uh, some of them have already debuted theirs for what what will race on, I believe it's Mother's Day this year, um, that will debut these special throwback paint schemes. Um, obviously the first ones announced out of the box were the, um, the, uh, the Roush Fenway Keselowski teams of Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher as they're throwing back to the 2004 um, Roush season with um, Keselowski running a 2000, 
1954-inspired um, paint scheme of Mark Martin, the old Viagra car. And um, Busher is running one of Matt Kenseth, uh, who is the defending um, Cup Series champion that year. Uh, also on the Cup side, we just had the announcement that Alex Bowman will be doing a throwback with his ally Chevy to Mark Martin's 1993 uh, Valvoline-inspired paint scheme, the red, white, and blue. Um, this one is actually pretty snazzy. Uh, on the Xfinity side, we had Sam Mayer, who um, we just talked about uh, with his run-in with Ty Gibbs. Uh, it wasn't a bad week for him. After all, He did. they did... Uh, Announced their throwback, throwing back to Rick Mast's um, 1992 Skull Classic um, paint scheme, the black, white, and gold car. Very sharp, very sharp. I I, I didn't expect that one, and uh, I thought it was really cool, complete with the American flag on the back deck lid, um, much like Mast's car, and uh, Jeremy Clements with the throwback to. Um, to the Bud Moore Wrangler driven by Dale Earnhardt during the 82 and 83 season. And um, also Justin Allgaier will be running a Hellman's car doing a throwback to Dale Earnhardt's 84. Um, actually, is it 84? Um, doing a throwback to, um, to an early... Wrangler paint scheme of Earnhardt's, um, I believe, uh, I want to say it's off his 84 RCR car, um, his first year in his return to Richard Childress Racing, um, but I believe this is more in terms of a throwback to, uh, a Wrangler car that he drove for Ed Whitaker, a long time, um, Bush Series, um, team owner. That both Dale Jr. and Dale Sr. drove for in the Xfinity Series. Um, actually, if I, if I remember correctly, Ed Whitaker is who Dale Jr. drove his first Xfinity Series race for in 1996. Uh, so that's, that's, that's quite a connection right there. You know, it's the only person that... Um, during Dale Sr.'s lifetime that Dale Jr. ever drove for other than his father. Uh, so, we have that. Then, um, on the truck side, the first one announced is David Gilliland Racing's number 17 with Ryan Priest behind the wheel. And this one's a personal favorite. Uh, is throwing back his truck with, um, I believe it's United Rentals as the sponsor. Uh, throwing it back to a Reggie Ruggiero um, modified paint scheme. Reggie Ruggiero, who is a long-time um, modified driver here in the Northeast, um, will be was sponsored by Teddy Bear Pools. Um, and the Teddy Bear Pools team of Mario Fiori, the number 44, uh, is a great-looking throwback to that car. Um, and I, I do love the throwbacks to the modifieds, 
Uh, some really work out, some not so much. Um, but I think this one is really, really cool. Um, we have the announcement of the Hall of Flame. Hall of Fame, not Hall of Flame. Hall of Fame nominees uh, for the 2022 class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, we've got a couple of returning nominees, a couple of first-time nominees, and there are certainly some... Um, I don't have the list of the land of the of the landmark ones, but these are the nominees so far. Let me bring it up. Uh, oh. Hold on, I'm actually parked right now so I can do this for you, bring up this information. Um, If I can find it. Okay, here we go. This is the list of the 2023 nominees. My apologies. Um, these will be voted on this year and be inducted next year. On the Pioneer ballot, uh, which is everything um, prior to, uh, I believe, the 1972 season. We have some uh, faces now. Now, with these... With the NASCAR Hall of Fame, originally you were voting in five, five drivers and personalities. Um, now with getting enough people in there, now it's two nominees off the modern era and one off the pioneer ballot. Um, we'll start with the pioneer ballot. We have Sam Ard, uh, who is a two-time uh what was then the Bush Series uh, champion and a longtime owner in the series, uh, Ard, who just passed away a few years back, um, was one of the was one of the mainstays of the series uh, up until getting injured late in the season. Uh, he would turn to become a a car owner for the likes of Jimmy Hensley and many other drivers throughout his career. Uh, second is none other than um, one of the one of only two people to ever win the Indianapolis 500 and the Daytona 500 that sees AJ Foyt on the ballot this year. Um, we also have Banjo Matthews, a longtime car owner and car builder. Um, Banjo uh, Matthews was very well known as a chassis builder. And a very, uh, very well-known, very, very well-known and very well-respected chassis builder. Uh, some of the greatest cars in have actually been uh, Banjo Matthews chassis. Uh, some of the winningest cars in stock car have started with a Banjo Matthews chassis. Uh, next up on the list is Herschel McGriff. Um, Herschel who is a longtime Winston West uh, competitor, has competed f in five different decades. 
um, competing up until the age of, you know, he's in his 80s or 90s now, and he, and he would still compete, um, he's a mainstay of the Winston West circuit, and, um, many fans know that name, uh, and finally, Ralph Moody, of the famed Holman Moody, uh, team, uh, he is on the ballot, um, Holman Moody, I, I, I don't think you could say any more than Holman Moody and their contributions to the Ford racing program uh, in the 50s and 60s. Moving on to the modern era ballot, we have Neil Bonnet, a longtime NASCAR competitor, multi-time winner, uh, a driver who, um, after being injured in a wreck, um, in 1990, uh, was forced to give up the seat for a while, uh, found a niche in the broadcast booth, but the itch to uh, race was still there. Uh, he would come out of retirement in 1993 um, as a teammate to best friend Dale Earnhardt uh, when compete two races for RCR uh, and would Decide to run a partial season for uh, James Finch in Phoenix Racing in 1994. Uh, tragically, that never happened as uh, Bonnet was killed in a practice crash at Daytona. Uh, next up is Tim Brewer. Um, former multi-time winning crew chief, championship crew chief, and, <laughs> um, and a... Uh, NASCAR on ESPN, um, broadcaster and commentator. Then we have Jeff Burton, a multi-time NASCAR winner, former 7500 champion, and probably one of the best drivers of the last 25 years not to win a championship in any series. Um, you know, the Burton brothers were probably one of the best driver combinations of the last 40 years to come through NASCAR, um, you know, and now he's a commentator on NASCAR on NBC, uh, in the booth with Dale Earnhardt and, um, Rick Allen. Then we have Carl Edwards. Uh, Cousin Carl makes the list. He is a former Xfinity Series champion, multi-time NASCAR winner. And two-time runner-up for the championship. Who can't forget his 2011 championship run, which came down to the last race. Basically a dead heat tie for the title. Uh, Tony Stewart won that for his third and final Cup Series title um, on a tiebreaker by having more wins than Edwards that season. Uh, Edwards, who would walk away at the height of his career to focus more on his family, uh, has not really been in any kind of racing sense. And it's a shame because I think he still had a lot to give and a lot to boost his illustrious career. And I can't believe it's been that long since he's done this because I actually remember recording an episode on Carl Edwards and him walking away, the, the, the very surprising announcement. Next up, Handsome Harry Gant, um, Mr. September, multi-time uh, champion, um, 
in both the Xfinity and the Cup Series. 1984 runner-up for the championship. And um, holds the distinction of winning seven races between Xfinity, well then the Bush Series, and the Cup Series in the month of September in 1991. Uh, it was either 90 or 91. Um, won four in a row. On the Bush Series and three straight in the Cup, just missing a fourth um, straight Cup Series race. A, a streak that I don't think will be broken even by a Kyle Busch. Uh, next up, Harry Hyde, um, one of the greatest minds in the garage of the last 50 years. Uh, Hyde, who um, the character of Harry Hogg in the movie Days of Thunder was based off of. Um, he gets a nomination. And one of the new nominations this year, Matt Kenseth, the 2003 uh, Winston Cup champion. The last driver to actually have the title of being a Winston Cup champion. Uh, Matt is also a two-time Daytona 500 winner and won his first race in the Coca-Cola 600. You can't think of a better win for your uh, first race other than the Daytona 500. You knock off one of the crown jewels. And certainly the longest race in NASCAR for your first one. Uh, then we have Larry Phillips, a uh, longtime um, Winston All-American Series champion. Uh, Phillips, who never really broke into the, the top touring series in his career. Um, but he was one of the best on the short tracks. <coughs> <coughs> and had raced the likes of Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin, uh, Kenny Wallace, and the late Dick Trickle um, throughout the 80s as they were barnstorming on their way to Cup. Um, he gets, once again, a nomination in the NASCAR's um, holy ground. Uh, then we got Ricky Rudd. Um, Rudd, who was for a long time NASCAR's Iron Man, had the all-time record uh, for um, consecutive starts. Uh, he is a former Brickyard 400 champion at Indy. Um, won multiple races. Was the 1991 runner-up to Dale Earnhardt for the title. And um, speaking of Dale Earnhardt, we take a look at his crew chief. For many of those title runs, for four of those title runs, we have Kirk Shelmerdine, a longtime um, NASCAR crew chief and crew member on the famed Flying Aces, um, the number three pit crew. Uh, Kirk was on the box for many, many of those Dale Earnhardt wins and for those titles, um, deciding to leave. Uh, the team to focus on, refocus on a driving career um, that would see him win in the ARCA series and compete in some cup and would actually pull off <coughs> one of the more miraculous runs in the last 20 years to make the Daytona 500 on a very shoestring budget and a very shoestring team. Um, so it's good to see that. Now, as of right now, if I was forced to nominate uh, right now, 
I would pick Kurt Shelmerdine. Obviously, four titles, four rings, man. As a crew chief, especially in that era where there were so many good drivers, like Mark Martin uh, was at the top of his game, really getting to the top of his game at that time. Bill Elliott, uh, Rusty Wallace, Daryl Waltrip, um, Alan Kowicki. Those were those were guys, you know, some of them were on the way up, you know. Daryl Waltrip still had gas in the tank at that point and still could battle for wins. Um, Tim Richmond in 87, 86. Um, Shelmer Dean's first year as a championship crew chief. Um, that was, you know, that was the guy, you know, who who had a very viable threat. I mean, these were Davey Allison. These were guys who who were straight-up Hall of Famers, and Shelmer Dean was on the box for Earnhardt um, for many, many of those races and those four championships. So, obviously, he gets a nod. And the other driver, I would definitely... The, only, the other person I would definitely give a nod to on this list out of <coughs> the nominees, I would have to give it to Matt Kenseth. Um... Matt Kenseth uh, certainly has the track record. I well, I can't say that. I can't say I would hands down give it to Kenseth um, because he's still got plenty of time on the ballot. But I do think Harry Gant's um, stats speak for itself. Um, Gant certainly was one of those drivers who can transcend the sport. Um, as as he played roles in the movie Smoker Eight, uh, Stroker Ace. And in Days of Thunder, uh, he certainly was one of those personalities. And you definitely knew who, um, you definitely know that Skull Bandit 33. Um, so those would be my two. You know, I think Kenza's got some time left on the ballot. Red's got some time. Burton and Edwards, definitely. But those would be my two. And on the Pioneer ballot, I'd go something a little different. I would kind of edge away from what I was originally, what my heart says, and my heart always says A.J. Foyt. A.J. Foyt, hands down, is the best, best racer I'd ever seen. Um, you know, he can race anything and win in anything. You know, before there was a Tony Stewart, there was A.J. Foyt. Um, but I would go with Banjo Matthews. <coughs> For the reason that I said, he was, he was a, a winning owner. And then when he got out of owning, he decided to build chassis. And his chassis have been the cars, the basis of many, many race-winning cars. Um, I would like, I would, I would vote for Foy. You know, I could vote for any of those five of that Pioneer ballot, but um, it, it's it's hard to pass up Banjo Matthews, and I don't want his contributions being forgotten by a younger generation. A.J. Foyt will always be A.J. Foyt, but I don't want Banjo's contributions to be forgot by the, this new generation of fans. So I think it's right that we honor him. And um, I know NASCAR's got their Pioneer ballot, uh, their, well, their Landmark ballot, and their um, Squire Hall ballot, but I don't have those that information handy right now. Um, so, uh, anyway, next week is Bristol. On Easter weekend, it will happen Easter night, 6 p.m. And 
this is going to be a very interesting race. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be a lot of fun. Truck race will be Saturday night at 7 p.m. <coughs> and I really do look forward to seeing them both. So, until next time, I'm Matt Hardman, and you all have a good Easter, have a good spring break, and I'll talk to you next week.